Hi, this is Professor Jim Paisley. Are you tired of the five-minute news clips presented every night by the talking heads on the national news? Would you like to know what is really going on? I have taught American and European history for the past 27 years. I find it fascinating how history truly does repeat itself. When we watch the evening news, no one seems to know anything about how current events are all tied to the past. Critical race theory, crime in our cities, federal versus state powers, the Arab-Israeli conflict? How about international relations with Russia, China, and Europe? On my shows, I give a historical perspective to what is currently happening in our world. Join me weekly to find the true history behind what is happening today. Folks, once again, the national media has left us scratching our heads. They're great at giving you sound bites, but not much information behind them. Well, I thought this week we'd talk about the fact that Joe Biden will next month end a controversial pandemic-related expulsion policy that effectively closed America's asylum system at its border with Mexico. This was all announced on last Friday. Now, I found a great article by David Smith in uh, the Guardian website. And so I thought, let's do a little research on this and see exactly what they're talking about. Now, the decision to lift something called Title 42, a public health order, which will take effect on May 23rd, is seen as long overdue by immigration advocates who regard the order as inhumane. But it was seized on by Republicans and some electorally vulnerable Democrats who warned of chaos at the border. Well, now what in the world could get Republicans and Democrats together on the same side? I just had to find out. So what is Title 42? Like I say, the national media keeps sprinkling that word out there, but nobody wants to talk about exactly what it is. Now, Title 42 is part of U.S. health law specifically Section 262 of U.S. Code Title 42, which prohibits entry into the United States when the Director for Disease Control believes, and I quote, there is a serious danger to the introduction of a communicable disease into the United States, end quote. Essentially, depending on the health situation, the U.S. is able to prohibit entry to anyone except U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, and their spouses and children. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, we know them as the CDC, which issued Title 42 in March of 2020 in response to the coronavirus outbreak, said it was no longer needed. Huh. Now, after considering current public health conditions and an increased availability of tools to fight COVID-19, such as highly effective vaccines and therapeutics, the CDC director has determined that an order suspending the right to introduce migrants into the United States is no longer necessary. This according to the CDC. 
Now, since Title 42 went into effect under Donald Trump, migrants have been expelled more than 1.7 million times. That's right, 1.7 million times. Now, President Biden kept Title 42 after taking office in January of 2021, despite campaign promises to reverse Trump's immigration policies. Now, many Democrats, medical experts, and the UN, that's right, the United Nations, have condemned Title 42, arguing that it exposes migrants to danger in Mexico and that scientific evidence does not support its goal of limiting virus spread. And they welcomed Friday's announcement. Now, folks, bear in mind, we're still putting masks on five-year-olds in school. Now, the chair of the Congressional Progressive Caucus, Pramila Japal, said, This is a momentous day for immigrant rights activists and immigrants and refugees everywhere. Title 42 was a cruel and discriminatory policy that circumvented U.S. law, preventing people from accessing protections established by Congress. Well, now, wait a minute, folks. I thought protections for the people from Congress had to do with U.S. citizens, not illegal immigrants. Well, maybe I'm confused. Now, today is the product of years of advocacy from both sides inside and outside of Congress. I'm thrilled to see the Biden administration do the right and moral thing by ending this extremely harmful, xenophobic, and short-sighted policy that disproportionately impacted black and brown migrants, according to the leader of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. Now, none other than Cori Bush of Missouri jumped in on this, Congresswoman who has urged Biden to review the disparate treatment of black migrants under Title 42 and said this racist, inhumane relic from the Trump era has been devastating for migrants fleeing persecution, war, poverty, climate catastrophe, and violence in their home countries and who have been forced to seek asylum in the United States. She went on to say it is a legal right and our moral obligation to open our doors to asylum seekers. Uh, Now, campaigners expressed frustration that Title 42 would not be rescinded until May 23rd. They want it done tomorrow. Eleanor Acer, Senior Director for Refugee Protection at Human Rights First, said... The Biden administration and the CDC have rightly decided to terminate this Trump policy, a policy we have spent two years opposing due to the horrific human rights abuses it inflicts on people seeking asylum, and we urge a swift end to this humanitarian travesty. Now, you know, again, I got to step back here a little bit and say, okay, so you're enforcing COVID restrictions on people, and it's humanitarian travesty? I don't know about you folks, but the past couple of years haven't been exactly a cakewalk for the folks around my household. Now, Nicole Malaku, executive director of the National Partnership for New Americans, a coalition of state-level advocacy organizations, says, the Biden administration's decision to stop using Title 42 is a victory for human rights and for recognizing the dignity of asylum seekers and others seeking refuge. 
However, every day this policy remains in effect, endangers highly vulnerable individuals facing persecution or violence in their home countries. Now, asked why Title 42 could not be revoked immediately, none other than Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, said doing so required an interagency process and attention to COVID protocols. And she went on to say it's always going to be important to have an implementation period, and the timeline reflects that. Huh, maybe she should have been around with Afghanistan. Now, Homeland Security officials said earlier this week about 7,100 migrants were coming to the border every day after an average of about 5,900 a day in February. On pace to match or exceed highs from last year, Uh, and other peak periods. They also said they were prepared for an increase once Title 42 is rescinded and were planning for as many as 18,000 arrivals daily, an increase likely to be weaponized by Republicans ahead of November's midterm elections. 18,000 a day. Now, I've heard estimates as high as 30,000 a day as soon as this thing gets lifted. Now, Trump has used recent allies to draw a comparison with Ukraine, suggesting the U.S. is doing more to protect Ukraine's border than it is our own. Kevin McCarthy, the Republican minority leader of the House of Representatives, said Biden's border crisis is worse than ever, but the president has decided to eliminate yet another vital tool, Title 42. This decision is wrong and will invite a lawless surge of illegal border crossings to enrich human traffickers and overwhelm Border Patrol. This will inflict suffering, pain, and tragedy throughout our country. Make no mistake, the President will own the calamity his policies have created. Shelley Moore Capito, the top Republican on the Senate Homeland Security Appropriations Subcommittee, said, Through policy decision after policy decision, President Biden has created a crisis that is about to balloon into a full-blown catastrophe. She said, Our facilities are already well over capacity, and without Title 42 authority, the crisis on our southern border will become even worse. Our immigration system is not designed for persistent, irregular mass migration that will result from this poorly thought-out decision. Even the conservative Democrat Joe Manchin of West Virginia described a frightening decision, is the way he termed it. And he added that Title 42 has been an essential tool in combating the spread of COVID-19 and controlling the influx of migrants at our southern border. We're already facing an unprecedented increase in migrants this year. Another Democrat, Mark Kelly, senator from Arizona, who faces a tough re-election fight, now all of a sudden says, this is a crisis, and in my estimation, because of a lack of planning on the administration's part, it's about to get worse. Now, the Department of Homeland Security insists it will be ready. Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, said, we will increase personnel and resources as needed and have already redeployed more than 600 law enforcement officers to the border. Now, just this morning, I heard that 60% of the people they have working the Border Patrol are in offices and processing and taking care of the migrants coming across. So there's only 40% of the normal number of Border Patrol agents out there actually on the border. The DHS secretary goes on to say, 
We're referring smugglers and certain border crossers for criminal prosecution. Over the next two months, we're putting in place additional appropriate COVID-19 protocols, including ramping up our vaccination program. Now, folks, if you'll remember, when President Biden took office, he stated in one of his first press conferences, if we should close our border and turn the huge influx of immigrants away, that is not the United States. That's not who we are. Really? Let's take a look at our history when it comes to immigration, and maybe someone will bring this to the attention of our current president and our Congress. The first immigrants to come to the United States arrived from Europe during the colonial period. Many were merchants looking for, to trade and barter, or settlers in search of religious uh, toleration. Now, when they reached North America, also known as the New World, they encountered groups of Indians who actually welcomed them. Other groups of immigrants arrived involuntarily. English convicts were sent over as they were not wanted in their own country. And beginning in 1619, African slaves were forcefully transported over to the New World as part of the slave trade. And yes, this was before we had the southern colonies. When they were coming over, they were being imported to work the docks in the northern colonies. Now, slaves without rights were commonly wanted for cheap labor. But convicts turned out to be a real nuisance to the colonies. If they were ne'er-to-wells in their own country, what made them think they'd be any better here? And so the act of dumping English convicts led to the first passage of immigration enforcement legislation. That's right, folks. Our founding fathers saw a problem with this. Now, the colonies fought against the English parliamentary law that allowed criminals to be sent over and passed their own laws against that practice. Ironically, these laws were passed by recent descendants of criminals that have been sent over here the same way. Now, with the creation of the United States, however, there was much debate over who were the Founding Fathers. At the time, the population was a combination of Europeans of all different nations and languages, Native Americans, and African slaves. However, neither Native Americans or African slaves were considered citizens. So it was a question of whether the United States was a country of one specific group, white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant men and women, or one that welcomed newcomers from different countries, different religions, and who spoke different languages. Now, difference of opinion on this point created the first political party, the Federalists. Now, the Federalist Party was fearful of French immigrants influenced by the French Revolution. They feared them coming to the United States and causing all kinds of political turmoil. Now, <clears throat> their fear convinced Congress to pass a stricter naturalization law in 1795. That's right, folks. We were passing immigration laws in 1795. Their law said that immigrants were required to be a resident for two to five years to be considered a citizen. And then they went on three years later in 1798 when the Federalists took power and changed the law to 14 years of residence. Additionally, uh, they passed the Alien Enemies Act, the Friends Act, and the Alien Sedition Act, signed into law by none other than our second president, John Adams. Now, I hope you're ready for this. 1798, this law stated, These laws allowed the president to deport any immigrant 
who he believed posed a threat to national security. I'll say it again. The laws allowed the president to deport any immigrant who he believed posed a threat to national security in 1798, folks. Now, I got to go back to what Biden said. That's not us. That's not who we are. Really? 1798 it was. Now, in 1800, the new Democratic Party under Thomas Jefferson took power and they eliminated the Alien and Sedition Acts, deeming them as unconstitutional and violations of the First and Tenth Amendment. Furthermore, the Jefferson administration moved the citizenship requirement back to five years of permanent residence where it is today. Now, during the 19th century, we ran into another problem. There was a huge wave of Europeans immigrating to the United States. During the 1830s, 1850s, and 1870s, Europe was a mess. They had one constant civil war after another in all of their countries. So people were fleeing Europe in droves. And where did they go? To the New World. Check your ancestry, folks. A lot of you will find out that your forefathers came uh, here from Europe in the 30s, the 50s, and the 1870s. Now, <clears throat> several of the first European immigrants were Irish and German. The potato famine in Ireland and the loss of land from British uh, uh, control pushed the Irish to immigrate to other countries. Likewise, Germany was under severe economic depression and religious intolerance, intolerance that forced many Catholics to leave. Half of that country was Protestant, half of it was Catholic. Now, the immigrants chose the United States for several reasons, but two factors played a major role. First, rapid industrialization increased the need for cheap labor. And second, the United States was beginning to claim land from the Spanish and native people in the western half of the U.S. Now, many people feared this massive number of immigrants coming into our country. In a report from the Congressional Select Committee in July 1838, what? Wait a minute. We had a Congressional Select Committee back then? That's right, July of 1838. The Congressional members thought that the increased immigration rate was a threat to the peace and tranquility of our citizens and classified immigrants as paupers, vagrants, and malefactors. Sent hither at the expense of foreign governments to relieve them from the burden of their maintenance. So in 1838, our Congress said, wait a minute, all these other countries are pretty smart. They're dumping the people they don't want into our country, and we need to stop that. Does any of this sound even close to being familiar, folks? Not who we are? I disagree. Now, the anti-immigrant fears led to organized groups against European immigrants, such as the Order of the Star-Spangled Banner and the Know-Nothing Party. Now, in 1875, Congress passed an exclusion law banning prostitutes and convicts from entering the U.S. So, wait a minute. Really, we're just going to pick people and say, well, you're excluded. If you have a criminal background, you're a former prostitute, nope, you can't come in. Add this to all of the other things that we've started to put as restrictions on people coming to America. Now, between 1860 and 1915, another wave of European immigrants entered the United States. 
Many of these people came from Russia and Austria and Italy, and a large part of this new group were Jewish. Now, Congress decided that immigrants should be required to pass a medical exam and have no criminal record in order to immigrate to the U.S. Wait a minute, let's stop there again. So Congress passed a requirement in order to come into the United States that you have had to pass a medical exam and have no criminal record in order to come here. This was in 1891, folks, and the act barred people having any contagious diseases or history of crime. 1891. Now bear in mind, Title 42, enacted under President Trump, states that the law prohibits entry into the U.S. when the Director of Disease Control believes there is a serious danger to the introduction of communicable disease into the U.S. Essentially, depending on the health situation, the U.S. is able to prohibit entry to anyone except U.S. citizens, lawful permanent residents, and their spouses and children. Now, I have to ask, what's the difference between Title 42 and the law that they passed back in 1891 that said you have to pass a medical exam and have no criminal record? Huh. Now, in 1903, people of the United States were also fearful of European radicals entering the country, and so the government added anarchists and subversives to the 1891 Act. Fear was so widespread that Congress and President Teddy Roosevelt decided to establish something called the Dillingham Commission to report the effects of immigration on the country. The commission recommended that the United States no longer accept immigrants from Eastern and Southern Europe, and furthermore, all immigrants had to pass a literacy test. Holy cow, folks. So in 1900, you had to pass a medical exam have no criminal record, you had to have no contagious disease, you couldn't be a radical, and now you have to pass a literacy test. In 1900, folks. Now, in 1917, under the Wilson administration, a Democrat, Congress passed the first Comprehensive Immigration Act, which included this literacy test requirement. In 1924, the National Origin Act was passed, putting a quota system on the number of immigrants who entered the United States. The law effectively stopped any more large flows of European immigration. The Chinese also started immigrating to the United States in the 1800s after a population explosion and a food shortage in China. Now, when these Chinese immigrants could be used for cheap labor to build the railroads out west... They were instantly recruited. But the second an economic shift took place in the United States, immigrants were given the cold shoulder, which eventually led to the state of California in 1848 passing laws that banned Chinese from coming to California. Chinese Exclusion Acts were passed. In 1882, the first of three Chinese Exclusion Acts came about, and it suspended all Chinese immigration for 10 years and declared the Chinese as ineligible for citizenship. The act was renewed in 1892 after another 10 years, and in 1902, Chinese immigration was made permanently illegal. In 1902. 
So again, think about this, folks. In 1902, you had to pass a literacy test. You couldn't have any disease. You had to pass a medical exam. You had uh, to show that you had no criminal background. And God help you, if you're Chinese, there's not a chance in the world you're going to get in. And President Biden says that's not us. Now, the legislation proved very effective on the Chinese. And the population in the United States declined sharply. And it wasn't until 1943 that China and the United States became allies during World War II and they lifted the exclusion laws. Mexican immigration, there's another one. After the Mexican-American War in 1849, the United States claimed the territory that now includes California, Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, and parts of Colorado, Utah, and Nevada. Now, the Mexicans in these areas had an option. They can go back to Mexico, or they can stay living in what was now considered the United States. Bear in mind, they never left their homes. But they said, hey, it's now the United States. If you want to stay, you can. Now, most of them did. And so they stayed in the United States. And at that time, the United States really didn't enforce any real border laws. Now, between 1900 and 1930, Mexican immigration into the United States rose tremendously as cheap U.S. labor was once again needed. Now, employers recruited Mexicans to work in agriculture after Chinese and Japanese immigrants were excluded from working in the United States. However, Mexican workers were at a great disadvantage as they had no working rights. Anytime they organized a strike against abuse from employers, they were simply deported. Now, in the 1930s, the United States suffered from the Great Depression, and the first campaign against Mexican immigration began. We didn't have jobs for our own people, and now all of a sudden they're saying, wait a minute, illegal immigrants, they're taking up jobs, so they need to get out of here. So Border Patrol and police officers sent hundreds of thousands of people back to Mexico in the 1930s. Once again, during World War II, there was a labor shortage and immigrants were needed to fill the gap. So in 1942, the Bracero program was created. Temporary workers were brought in mainly from Mexico, but also from Barbados, the Bahamas, Canada, and Jamaica to work in agriculture. Working conditions were awful for the immigrants. They were paid very little and their children were not allowed to attend schools. Then along came John F. Kennedy. Elected as president, he realized the need to reform the immigration laws. And Kennedy proposed a bill that created a system for allowing immigrants into the country based on family ties and special skills called the Immigration and Nationality Act, also known as the Hart-Seller Act. President Johnson signed the bill into law. The new system had a major effect on countries in the Western Hemisphere, especially Mexico. Now, the 1965 Act allowed large masses of immigrants from Asia and Mexico to now enter into the United States. So folks, there's a common theme throughout all of this. We've been taught that people come here solely because it is a land of opportunity. As you can see from our history, they got here and found out it was anything but. Now, I have to step back with what I've told you this morning. And I have to ask President Biden and his administration, 
Have you not studied your American history? Are you not aware of our immigration policies dating all the way back to the times of Thomas Jefferson? If you know our history, how can you say that restrictions on immigration is not America and that's not who we are? I'd be more than happy to come and talk to you folks anytime you need me there in Washington, D.C. That's all I have for today. I'm Professor Jim Paisley. If you'd like to help me continue with these shows, it's as simple as clicking the support link where you access this podcast. Thanks, and be sure to remember your history.